Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. A, a story, a moment comes to your mind when you can put the the ferociousness, the intensity of Coach Venables into words. God, there's there's many. Some I can't even share. This is not really a story you're talking about how crazy it was. I remember when I was a freshman, I I, and I, I got in for a couple reps, and I messed up. And he told me, Skowski doesn't get another rep the rest of the practice. Little did I know, I wasn't going to take another rep for 10 more weeks. How do you feel about backers this year? That, By the way, Skalski talking about Coach Venables and uh, maybe I, I forget at times to uh, to remember that you now have three former linebackers for Venables on staff. Oh, yeah. At least three. Uh, no, you've got four. Well, uh, uh, Rufus, Curtis Lofton, and Skalski in the Lance new Lance Mitchell. Yeah, I forget Lance Mitchell's there, yeah. Four former linebackers there um, for Venables right now. And Skalski, who... Would be five if you'd uh, return his phone call for it. <laughs> uh, he played in, in this scheme, in this system, um, the most recent and the really in its current structure. So having him there, I think, is, is going to be a nice little benefit Um I honestly think that the inside backer position is really close to being excellent. Yeah, no, you asked me how I feel about linebackers, and going into a year, this is the best I've felt about backers in a while, and the big majority while I, why I feel so good about it is is Danny Stutzman. That's why. I, I just think he's poised to have one of the better years that we've seen from an OU linebacker. Pro- I mean, at least since Kenneth Murray, I would say. It was a first-round draft pick. But, like, I mean, here's the thing about the backers. I think both things can be true. I feel as good about the linebacker position as a whole as I've had in, as I have in a while, but is the most critical position on that defense what happens with Jaron Canick and maybe behind him? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely it is. But I think you can, I think you can have it both ways. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen at Mike. I feel strong at – Will with Stutzman. I feel strong at Cheetah with McCullough. At Mike, Canick, Kobe McKenzie, uh, Pachati. And, you know, it may be interesting. Like, I wouldn't count anyone out, depending on how those guys perform uh, throughout spring and, and maybe you even go into fall camp. But, you know, Witter is back after uh, shoulder surgery. I, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily count him out. I think he's he's mainly focused at will, but uh, you know if if those guys don't round into shape and, and Venables doesn't feel like he's going to have someone that's dependable and and plays at a high level there and Witters performing really well, maybe at at will backer that you know I I don't think it's stuck to that rotation. You may see someone else move over there if if things aren't looking good. Is there a best case scenario personnel wise? With the linebackers, especially with the SEC move coming up, is the best move personnel-wise for well Stutzman just to be the guy and Canick to take over, and you got him for at least two more years after this year as a starter. What do you mean? Well, I, I'm just wondering. There may not be a best case scenario personnel-wise. I'm just wondering if you think that there is. Like, 
I want Stutzman to be a starter who's in his third year in the program. I want Canick to be in a starter who's just in his second year in this program. Or does it not matter, like personnel-wise and how many more years they have left? You, you get I, what I'm asking? Yeah, I don't think it – I don't think it matters. Like, I'm with you on Stutzman. I, the Mike Backer spot. I don't. I don't think it matters because I think the maybe the main two guys, at least right now, that you're looking at for that Mike Backer spot are Canick and Kobe McKenzie. Both. I mean, and, both second year players. Yep, yeah. Both still have four years of eligibility left. So, I I don't know that there is a best case scenario. Like maybe the best case scenario is that both Canick and Kobe McKenzie get some time this year, and then Stutzman is is a guy that has such a year that maybe he entertains going to the NFL, and if he does leave, then maybe your natural new move is Canick and McKenzie are your two starting inside backers. I I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to unfold, but. Um, you're going to be in a good spot moving forward. Um, I think because yeah. I like, I, I like Pachati. I think he kind of fits that thumper at Mike Backer. Um, same thing as Kobe McKenzie, but there's some really good young talent that I'm not exactly sure where they fit in with your uh, Omasigos, your Lewis Carters, uh, Kip Lewis, those type of guys. Text line was like, no, there is five former uh, Venables linebackers on the staff. Caleb Kelly. He wasn't here for the Venables era, but he didn't miss it by that much. Like, he played here so long. What Was his first year, like, uh, 2013? What, what, no. Was, it, wasn't that, it wasn't that late? No. It was – was it 16? Was 16 his first year? I don't even think so. – I think it may have been 17. He played, like, 17, six years 18, here. 18, 19, 20, 21. It was – I guess it was either, either – he, was, he wasn't that far off. He wasn't a Brent Venables right. linebacker, but you, you do have a lot of former uh, backers on staff. Yeah, but to those texting, Caleb Kelly does not count. Curtis Lofton does. Caleb Kelly does not count as a former Venables linebacker. Uh, Greg from Lawton, Venables breaking them down, make them suffer, surrender, then succeed. BV is one of the best. Yeah. Uh, 918, most critical position is defensive tackle and how much of a leap Co makes. You think I, he's going to have a nice year? I kind of do. I kind of do. I think I think he um kind of separated himself last year as the as the the most reliable down in down out defensive lineman that we had and he's incredibly strong. He plays good pad level. He knows how important this year is. I think we um I think we see him have a breakout year. I do. Uh, Caleb Kelly's first year was 2016. Thank you, Text Line. Uh, uh, by the way, I uh, there, there's a podcast that's out there now. It is the I want to make sure and I get, I get the name right, but it's hosted by Nick Anderson and Caden Helms. I think it's uh, Red Dirt Rambles is what it is. Anyway, hmm. on their most recent uh, like episode, that. they were talking about Venables and how he is now and how he is as a coach, and um, they were saying Rufus told them. And, and you know, like I, you hear from this from all the older guys, right? Yeah. Oh, you think he's bad now? You should have seen him back in the day, right? Like, how many times did you hear that? Maybe in high school or something like mm-hmm. that. How different is Venables now compared to what he was, and in what ways is he different? 
as as a coach? It's it's um is it really night and day difference? It's not night and day difference, but you just you don't see you don't see the full like the full scope of it was uh, incredibly incredibly brutal in it like it, it just it's a much like he's still incredibly intense but there's just not the same type of edge you got to remember he went to Clemson and was there for a decade under Dabo Sweeney and the coaches could not curse at practice, which and I'm not saying like that's the ultimate difference in some difference in somebody, but you get through that for a decade. That'll, that'll... You, you just have to kind of understand how different the environment was. And I, the further back you go, I, as, as you've become like closer and closer to present day, there's been, all kinds of not necessarily just rule changes, but just college football culture changes. I I think we all recognize that there's things as a coach that you just cannot do anymore that you you could previously. And like the further back you go, the the more outlandish some of the things that you could do and get away with, there are, you know? So I mean, it's 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 different. The intensity is is the same. You get it, but I the, the I, the, I just think of how much energy he has now as a fifty year old. Yeah, and and that's one thing they were mentioning is you kind of get the same guy every single day. Like he, you know what you're going to get with him. But imagine him it. as a as a guy that's twenty eight, twenty nine oh, years old. Couldn't imagine. You know, and like seriously, in his mind, felt like. If the linebackers did not perform well, he was going to be fired. Right? And that was constantly something that was brought up. And it's just it's just different, man. Players players do not react the same and there's a reason because the environment around them has changed. So obviously if like if you if you took Venables from you know two thousand and two, plucked him out of there and put him in the linebacker room in 2022 I, the players would be like what is happening right now like you just can't yeah talk like well that. it'd be an interesting case study for guys that have been around for at least the past 20 years because college football it's not even I, like for what you're talking about doesn't even look like the same thing from now to 20 years ago and how those guys have had to adapt significantly throughout I'm sure a lot of coaches was they weren't able to adapt or refused to adapt, and they didn't yeah. make it. And they're not coaching anymore. But the guys that have stuck around, I, I wonder what kind of transition that that that's well, been like. It's been a it's a slow change. You know, you're talking about over over twenty plus years, and and things just they they're just small tiny changes. Think about the changes we're talking about right now. Uh, clock running after a first down, except for two minutes. Just a little penalty rule here. Uh, can't call back-to-back timeouts. Like, just it's small, tiny things like that that incrementally change. And then you look back over 20 years and just how different everything is handled. And 
you know, it just like if you could ever put the two side by side, you'd be shocked at how how different they are. Text line: Kids can't handle the crap coaches dished out uh, thirty years ago. Yes, I understand that, but it's not the kids' fault. It's the environment's fault. Like the environment has changed. I mean, there's a reason. Uh, always love how uh, Frank Martin put it whenever he was at South Carolina. You can't blame the kids. You have to blame the parents and the coaches that have created the environment that has uh, led to all the changes. And then we have the rise of the embracing of the snowflake culture hasn't helped. Cue uh, the Mike Gundy sound clip. We have about five of them talking about the snowflake. I firmly believe in the snowflake. <laughs> We've heard it so many times. You know, you can quote it exactly right. You know what nice he said? Job. Something like that. Y- yeah, I, I'll I'll play it for you if, <laughs> if we really need to at some point this segment. Speaking of hard nosed coaches, uh, I guess I don't really know this. It just kind of feels like he's a guy that runs hot, and he's a former fullback, so I guess that makes sense too. Seth Latrell looks like he's a uh, pretty intense coach. Would you would you say that's accurate? Yeah, probably. You know, honestly, I don't. I've never seen him in his full on coaching environment as a, as a head coach or as an offensive coordinator. Like I've been to games where he's calling plays and and stuff like that, but I've never I've never seen him unfiltered in his element. I doubt it like he is a he's like a really like mellow like laid back dude but he's he's kind of the guy that you feel like it takes a lot to flip the switch but whenever it goes it goes you know is he gonna be on the staff next season I don't know a lot of scuttlebutt surrounding that uh he's gonna be an analyst there's been a lot of scuttlebutt it's gone quiet here recently so I, I don't know I don't know what's going on you know, he's he's got options. He's got the ability to maybe uh, take a break, um, you know, step back for a little bit, kind of reevaluate what he's going to do. Um, you know, it is nice to be able to pay to get paid to do nothing, right? And that's where he's uh, he's at right now. After the North Texas let him go, he's got some time to, to kind of see exactly what it is he wants to do. And God, that'd be a big time get at analyst, though. It would. It would. You you'd be you'd be loaded down. You'd have Matt Wells and um, Seth Latrell, I guess, as analyst for yeah. this year. Because yeah. I think he, I think Wells is coming back. As far as I know, I haven't. I, heard I haven't heard anything, anything different than that. Yeah. So two former head coaches that you can just have as analysts who can now coach on the field legally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know I, I think Lebby would would like to see that happen. I think he's down for that and. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I'd like to see that collaboration. I just I don't know. I don't know what his his latest feelings are on that. Been a while since I've uh, I've talked to him, but not that long. Well, maybe reach back out and say, uh, "Hey, what polo do you think you're going to wear uh, on the <laughs> sidelines at OU next year?" Just phrase it that way. Yeah. Hey, OU's asking me what uh, what color polo you want for the home games next year. What should I tell? I'll them? just I'll just say something as if I I already know the news and see if it like you know drags it out of him. Yeah, right? I I'd say it would be awesome having Seth Latrell as an analyst. It would just ultimately lead to if OU has a an off offensive day next year, the text line that next Monday will be filled with they need to promote Seth Latrell to OC. ASAP. And then they do, and then he has an off day with the <laughs> offense, and then... Hell, try Joe John! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that's just beautiful. All right, quick timeout. Keep the text coming. 651-3439. Home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Listen up, folks. Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman is ready to hire you. The construction is starting on our new service facility, so we're looking to hire service technicians now. This is a huge opportunity. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Some do want to hear that Mike Gundy snowflake comment, by the way, so... I guess I'll give it to you. It's short, but I'm a firm believer in the snowflake. I think it's it's setting there, and I'm not. Yeah, so you had like the perfect uh, quote on it. Nice job. <laughs> oh, beautiful. He would go on to say, "Well, I think we live in a world where people are non-committal. We we allow liberalism to say, hey, I could just do what I want, and I don't have to really be tough and fight through it.' And you see that. So." <laughs> It's one of our more favorite Mike Gundy sound clips of all time. Ah, he's the best. He's the best. I'm telling you right now, I know that I know I'm catching heat for this take. Um, but I think that they what did you say? Six and six next year. I think they you outperformed took the over. that. Yeah. I'm so telling you. Yeah, you have to you're you're making it known again today that you're rooting yeah. for Oklahoma State next Not year. Not rooting, just will be happen to uh to watching what the results are with their football games. I was uh I almost clicked on a list during the timeout that said, Hey, here's like the most awesome non conference games of the year and I thought, Well, I'm gonna click on this and there's no chance that I'm gonna see any of OU's non conference games. I, I know that we've made fun of the schedule this year and what it's what it's not. It's not loaded with tough games. But the non-conference schedule is just like the conference schedule. This has got to be the most manageable, the easiest non-conference schedule that OU's had in, I, I don't know, maybe ever, man. Probably it, be, because it, it, it wasn't originally – Right, to look yeah, like yeah, this. yeah, yeah, and, and that's the reason. And now, you know, OU's played UCLA before, and UCLA hasn't been good. Obviously, they played Nebraska here recently, and Nebraska hasn't been good. But at least, like, they've got some athletes. It's a big-time program. You don't have any of that this year, really. Mm-mm. When you're talking about um, SMU, Arkansas State, and Tulsa, it's, it's about as manageable of a non-con schedule as you have. So I guess the question is this. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for this particular team? Is it is it a bad thing that they're going to have just, you would think, you would hope, three easy wins across the non-conference and they're really not going to get tested until they enter in a conference play? Yep. I think it's a good thing. Um, coming off of last year's results, we, we, need to, we just need to stack wins. I mean, that's why I the – the results from last year um, have have obviously left us in a in an interesting spot. I, I I've said over and over that this schedule sucks for the fans, and it does suck. But it comes at the right time to have a sucky schedule, right? Um, yeah, we're about yeah, to. We're, I guess <laughs> we're about to be loaded up with with really tough schedules for. It does help that future. you know it's the last. I, I was, for, That's right. For, you know, as a like it's 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 it, it makes it a little bit better. It's okay. This is the last time I'm gonna have to if, endure this. If you this. didn't know what the future held, like you would, you would not be happy oh, about boy. it. Um, I, I I think that I think we need a year where we're 
you know, stuff in the the win column. And everyone's going to say, well, you didn't play anyone this year. Yeah, fine, whatever, uh, doesn't matter. No one's ever going to be able to throw that at us again, supposedly. So uh, take it. Use this as a confidence builder early in the season. Get to where you're you're firing on all cylinders. Should look totally different than it did a year ago. Let's hope that it does, and um, we'll see where we end up. I, 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 I'm glad that it's kind of fallen the way that it has. Uh, this text said, Greg from Lawton, Coach Venables knows how to handle a cupcake non-conference schedule. He did coach at Kansas State. You know, just a random thought. This is probably OU's weakest non-conference schedule since. You have a guess? 2000. 2000, when well, you played UTEP, Arkansas State, and Rice. Yeah, It was, it was how we handled things. Like to get back before we we kind of bounced back and then they improved, you know, uh, what we played Alabama in o two and o three, mm-hmm. but in ninety nine you played well you played Notre Dame in ninety nine. I'm sure that was kind of scheduled several years out. Maybe two thousand was easy. O one, it's like okay, you played North Carolina in that game to start the year, and then you played at Air Force along with Tulsa. Air Force. Well, we didn't play Tulsa. No, yeah, we did. Yeah, play, you ended up playing later in the year because of nine eleven. So we played North Texas, Air Force, North Carolina, North Carolina, and Tulsa. Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I guess in 03, you played what UCLA, Alabama. Played Fresno that year too, right? Fresno. That's a pretty good little non-conference schedule. And South Florida. Uh, you would have played North Texas in 2003 in the season opener. South Florida in 02? Uh, South Florida in 02, yeah. yeah. That was when uh, TBS used to air games back in the day. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, as you get better and you get in a position where you can – well, here's the other thing about, like, that era too. Uh, you played a bad non-conference in 2000, but you also played – Red October. Red October. Runner, 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 three games in a row. Yeah, you yeah. played, what, three top ten teams, two of them top five right there in a row. And uh, you haven't had a schedule that's looked like that recently, so you've had to start to supplement it with other big type of games. And I don't know. I, it, the interesting thing is, like, what what is the non-conference slate going to look like on things that they haven't scheduled? I know that they've already got some things – ironed in and we've talked about those quite a bit you got michigan you got clemson way down the road um what are some of the other ones is, is well there you had a bunch of you had the Mi- michigan thing, but... clemson temple and the rest were like gonna be sec teams so, Out, outside of that man, I, I wonder what no, the, you got another nebraska coming up in 29 and 30 is what i think you have i wonder what josie's gonna do um well, brent said they he he said two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, whatever, that continue to do they're going to continue uh, to do one legit non-conference game a year. Okay, well. He said they're going to go about way, things the way that they have in the past, is what it sounded like. Right. Maybe that doesn't mean Ohio State <laughs> moving forward, but well, at least somewhat entertaining. I mean, it is interesting. Like I don't know. Like, you, there's a pretty wide range of what a legit – Team yeah, means to, to everyone. Right? Does that mean you're playing well, the a top pool 10 is program? smaller now too because of it feels like the majority of the best teams are going to be in the SEC now. You know. Well, the other part of that is we don't know. At least I don't know, and maybe someone does, and maybe it's been talked about out there. But it does feel like the there's there's some type of inventory in this deal that includes non conference games with Big Twelve opponents. Yep. So like. 
that could fill up your your non conference slate for maybe the foreseeable future. You, I wouldn't think it'd be like ten years. You would have to play a big no, non conference, but four or five, yeah, four or may, five, maybe, perhaps. I I guess they would say, well, well, give us. Gosh, there's no. They wouldn't say, give us your uh, your nine conference games from next year in future inventory and non cons. Even if that was the deal, though, to get out after this year, I would have said, yeah, I'd say, go. I'd Come say on. yes. And, you know, as long as you can spread it out over over time and do it with some home and homes, like with some teams, I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Yeah. TU is a quality opponent, says the text line. SMU can score points. Defense isn't good. And Arkansas State will be a good tune up. Well, I think that that what we're talking about is not necessarily like how good the football team is. It's more about like what is how good is the program? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you may catch Tulsa on a year where they actually have a a really good ten win year, and that you, could be this year. Could I mean. be, but I'm talking more so about like a like a traditional style opponent like Ohio State those are bad examples because they're a Wisconsin a um Florida State's too good probably but you know schools kind of like that that are like medium tier top 25 consistent type of programs yeah uh let's see guys let's just all be honest with each other says the 405 OU should go 11-1 and at worst this season. I know we were bad last year, but five games were swings that we will win this year. If you're telling me OU should go 11-1 and with this schedule, I have zero issue with that. We can absolutely be honest there. I know. I, hey, I mean, at least 10-2. and I'm sorry. I hate to sound like a broken record, and I know I was massively wrong about what last year's team wound up being but like looking back at last year they were a bad team in a bunch of different areas and they still should have won as a bad team still should have won nine games at least okay so you don't have to and and this year's schedule is easier than last year's you don't have to be very much better at all to win 10 games with this schedule I'm sorry and that's how I view it now Maybe my opinion will change of, and I'm sure it will of of what some of these teams on the schedule look like. But if we are a blue blood program, I totally agree with what the texter is saying. Yeah, yeah. Four oh five for recruiting purposes. I would like us to play a team on the West Coast. I don't know. That's dangerous. You might have to play on uh, Peacock or something if you're going to play a Pac-12 team. Ion at this point. TV. Ion TV. Yeah. Gonna have to fund that one for thirty nine ninety nine a month to watch the OU game. It's gonna we can play we'll play uh, Cal and stream it on Flow Sports. Yeah, well, hopefully the uh, big <laughs> earthquake doesn't happen since the fault line runs through the fifty yard line yeah. of their stadium. Yeah, I, I see your point about the West Coast, and I like OU's still gonna be active on the West Coast. Demarco Murray's got to be the most famous alumni from Bishop Gorman, who is one of the best high schools in the entire country. They got an offensive lineman from Washington this year, but I don't know, man. It almost seems like their focus is or has shifted more to the southeast than in recent years. Like, they'll go out to California and get a kid if they like someone, but they are 
as active in the state of Florida as they, maybe they've ever been. So if I'm looking to play a game in a recruiting hot spot. Rose Bowl, baby. If we're going out west, let's go play a semifinal in the yeah, Rose. Yeah, might as well, right? Uh, Kansas City's a hot spot. Florida's a hot spot. Texas has always been. But, sure, if you want to go out to the west coast, that, that's that's fine, I guess. I just – I, I don't I don't know if they're going to be as active as they have been in previous years out there. Which the uh, we haven't talked about this today, but and I I just saw the headline. I didn't click on the article. Sounds like things are possibly heating up with uh, Oregon and Washington to the oh, really? Big Ten. Yeah, I read something about uh, was it Rich Rod and uh, Mike Bellotti, who used to coach at Oregon. Rich Rod was at Arizona, mm-hmm. and they were sounding off on where the Pac-12's at right now and. Boy, Mike Bellotti spent the majority, if not all, of his career on the West Coast. Long time mm-hmm. in Oregon. Rich Rod was at Arizona and saw some other places. If you're a Pac-12 fan and you read that, they did not instill any confidence that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, It was like a uh, doomsday type of thing. And Rich Rod said something interesting that re- I guess really wasn't all that surprising. He's like, you know, when we were at Arizona – we had to constantly remind our guys out there and constantly just pump that in that college football is really important. You guys are really important. Because his point was they would leave the facility and people don't talk about it out there at Tucson. Mm-hmm. Like in the southeast, that's not the case. Like those guys will leave the facility out there in the southeast and that's all anyone's talking about out there. Yeah. Arizona and those Pac-12 schools, it's just people don't, just don't care about it as much. It's not surprising, There's but too much it's interesting to, to hear a coach to say that. There's too much shopping and stuff. Great nail salons, yeah. Salons. Yeah, no, it's true. Now, that being said, I think the Pac-12 is going to be awesome this year. Uh, and it kind of need, needs to be, too, yeah. you know? Yeah, you've got the amount of good quarterbacks that you've got. Caleb Williams, uh, Bo Nix. Cam Rising. Even though DJU is a well-known quarterback. Uh, DJ, Where did he go? Oregon again? State. Went to Oregon State. Um, the kid from Arizona, what was his name? Had a really good – Jaden Delora. You Delora. got Dion Sun starting at Colorado. There's a storyline in itself. Yep. It's, it's – um, Dante Moore, five-star freshman heading to UCLA. Did yeah. You, did you say that one? No, but there you go. And I, who, who went to Arizona State? Uh, Jaden Rashada went to Arizona State, the $13 million man. He did, but didn't they – they also got another transfer, didn't they, at quarterback? Uh, yeah, who did they get? I don't I, – I'm Jayden, I'll find it. Yeah, there, there was they someone definitely else. got Jaden Rashada, right. though. Yeah. One more. Zane says two things. I remember hearing the coaching staff was not too happy about the Notre Dame game in 99 and couldn't believe a return game was not in the contract. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Secondly, if our schedule is criticized this year, we have the perfect shutdown response. Georgia was supposed to be on the schedule. That's what yeah, I'm saying. That's right. That's right. And um, yeah, Michael Penix at Washington. Good point, text line. He's back. He had a really yeah, good Penix year last is year. back uh, at Washington. It's it's going to be a incredibly competitive uh, conference and league. It's I uh, I still like Utah. I I just I don't know why. Maybe it's because he beat USC twice last year, but then, no, that's it. Yeah, I that, that's it. Love watching Cam Rising play. And then they asked him about uh, Caleb Williams painting his ne- uh, fingernails to say yeah. "Blank Utah," and uh, <laughs> he had a classic response that I actually cannot play on this show. Ah, uh, so funny, so funny. He's uh, he's he's one of the few players he's a dude that is, is, is who he is. He's a dude. 
is really cocky that I don't like. I don't like get all the. Uh, I don't know. I usually don't like those type of guys, but he's. he's and he one looks that like I a enjoy. pirate as well. Yeah, I don't know if it's the mustache or what. Yeah. He's a tough, tough kid. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Stay with us. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. Listen up, folks. Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman is ready to hire you. The construction is starting on our new service facility, so we're looking to hire service technicians now. This is a huge opportunity. Next line. It is The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. 580 says a serious question. Is there any correlation between being a tough guy and being a guy with a foot fetish who also paints his nails asking for a friend? Can you can you speak on that? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know that anyone's actually done that study. That's a uh, that's an interesting case study. Drew though. Pine from Notre Dame transferred to Arizona State. Thank okay. you, text line. There you go. Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Cali kids are a little softer than the Southeast kids. Kids are still coached hard. California kids run away when you tell them they suck at something. Mm, I don't know. That may be the case. I I know California is a uh, it's a vastly different landscape than than what it is here locally and and in the southeast. But it doesn't mean it's all just uh, cupcakes and roses out on the west coast for some kids. I mean, there's. There's still some incredibly tough areas and some tough kids and good football players that come from there. USC needs to make it to the 12-team playoffs, says the 405. That is the only West Coast game I care about. Seething for this. Talking about, uh, guessing, USC playing in Norman in two oh, years. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, we need to make the 12-team playoff also. Um, yeah, we'll see. Hey, it's going to be tough for uh, the University of Southern California if this year is a bit of a struggle you know Caleb Williams is going to be gone yep they do have Malachi Nelson but you know Malachi we'll see we'll see what the uh, you know what it looks like whenever they go to the Big Ten I mean I'm sure that they're going to be giving them a couple of premier games to to say welcome to the Big Ten and we'll see how it looks. It's going to be a little bit different story. And the Pac-12, I think, is like it's just random that Lincoln took that job at a time where maybe the Pac-12 is going to be as good as it's been in a long time this coming year. You yeah. know, I just wish I wish we could know if he knew about the Big Ten move or not. And I hope the answer to that is no. It didn't seem like it, right? It, it, it Didn't that come out at the time that he did not know about it? Uh, maybe it did. Uh, it's been a few months now, but that's yeah. that's my hope there, that that's, that was the case. Don't know. Home playoff games, um, maybe around Christmas. It gets pretty cold around here in December, which there's nothing wrong with that to me. I'll, I'll play it or I'll sit mm-hmm. in a cold playoff game around here. I just – Wonder if that could affect certain teams like a USC, like a UCLA. Um, keep talking about weather-wise, what's it? What's going to look like for them, for them in the Big Ten? Maybe USC if they have to play a road game somewhere that affects them more than playing in the Big Ten some weeks. I, I think that they will acclimate to that fairly quickly, though. Don't you? I mean, year one, it could be tough if you go play in Wisconsin in November or Ohio State or Michigan in November. But at some point, those players are going to get used to it and have played in games similar to that. So maybe, 
Yeah. I don't know how much they turn over the roster there every single year with yeah. the transfer portal. Maybe not. If we play them in 24, by the time we host them for a playoff game, they may have played more cold-weather games than we have. Uh, you'll be on your Wednesday sabbatical tomorrow, yeah. so I'll give you a chance to have an opinion on this uh, Twitter question okay. before you get out of here. Scenario, OU softball is down one run with two outs, and the bases are loaded in the bottom of the seventh inning. Which former or current Sooner would you want at the plate to try to win the game? Asking me? That's easy. Chamberlain. Lauren Chamberlain. Yeah. Why, why Lauren Chamberlain? Uh, the original GOAT, right? She hit the, the game winner. Was that in the – Against Tennessee? Yeah. In, that, in extra innings? Yeah. Down the left field line? Come on. Got to go I with mean, the GOAT. I, I guess I can't argue that. Yeah. I mean, Jocelyn Allo is – incredible like there is no wrong answer I mean you actually could... Jocelyn Allo is a wrong answer because they would just intentionally walk her with the bases loaded mm-hmm. and uh tie the game but just okay we're not going to get beat by Jocelyn Allo so we'll just intentionally walk her and still put her on first base yeah what I would do if I was the other team is uh just continue to um, stall and hopefully you hit the uh, hard out time, right? And yeah. then you just get to the, yeah. call it a tie. Mike White just said, Hell yeah, listening down there in Austin. You don't pitch to him, you just change pitchers 10 times. Jocelyn Allo is getting a ton of votes, as is Lauren Chamberlain. Probably third most vote getter and getting a ton, Shay Knighton, who was super uh, that's clutch true. in her day. Absolutely Remember that big home clutch. run that she hit against UCLA in the championship yeah. series a few years ago? Shay Knighton is a I don't want to say a sneaky good pick, but it seems like the two obvious responses are Allo or Chamberlain. Uh, Shea Knighton is is a very good selection. Very yeah. good. Out of the non-Hall um, of Fame level bombers, I think Knighton is a great one. I think uh, T.R.A. Jennings is also oh, a good yeah, one. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. I mean, yes, T.R.A. Jennings is a fantastic Maybe I take one. the young freshman who hits a home Jocelyn run. Jocelyn Erickson, you like, like her? like 30% yeah. of her at-bats at the, up to this point. Yeah. There's plenty to choose from. The good thing about having a lineup one through nine like they do is there really are no wrong answers for that question. Look at the text line. My hot take is Shea Knighton. Here's another Shea Knighton that's right here. Okay. Man. Yeah. Clutch, great speed. I got nothing wrong with that. No, you shouldn't either. Uh, if you want to interact with that, you can at KREF Sports. Shea hit that against uh, Flow Rider, is what they're saying. Uh, you, well, yeah, she did, but she also um, hit one against UCLA as well. Yeah. Okay. Jennings, Destiny Martinez, big play Shea. So, yeah. Shea Knighton, third most, uh, maybe second most. I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and tally it. Maybe she's getting more than Jocelyn Allo. Uh, there's Sydney Romero coming in. Another uh, good answer. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We got the final segment next. Stay- the word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network, and worldwide on the KREF app. 
you'll feel good about Landers. How good? Huge Silverado selection good. And our best deals every day good. Like up to $6,500 off MSRP on select 2022 Silverados with a 2.7 liter engine. And $2,500 off MSRP on the new 2023 Malibu. So let us show you just how good your experience can be at Landers Chevrolet of Norman and LandersChevroletNorman.com. Find new roads. Must finance with GM Financial. Well-qualified buyers, WAC. All right, folks, let's get started. Parents, thanks for coming. As many of you know, I'm Coach Mather. Tonight I want to talk about the season, of which I only have one expectation, that everybody gets stronger. When I say get stronger, I'm not referring solely to physical strength. Sure, we'll be in the weight room, we'll be running stairs, but we're also going to focus on developing mental toughness and grit because those are the characteristics that allow us to achieve greatness both on and off the court. So how do we develop those things? By getting comfortable with a challenge, by cultivating the confidence necessary to overcome adversity in all forms. That's why I coach. That's my purpose. Every member of this team can lean on me and I'll teach them how they can lean on themselves and each other. This message presented by the OSSAA and the Oklahoma Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the leading provider of information technology solutions in small and medium-sized organizations.